To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Yo, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week, I have back on my buddy, Clint Casper. Clint Casper resides in Ohio, but is in love with Western hunting. Uh, he, he loves the Western style spot and stock and, and has fallen in love with it and spends weeks every year coming out West. Uh, lately, his quest has been a trophy mule deer uh, with his bow in the high country. So he's done multiple hunts. Uh, this was his, his fourth attempt at it, and this year he was successful and successful on a giant wide buck. And so this is the story of Clint Casper's redemption on a, on a good buck and what it's taken to get there. Um, talks about paying his dues. Uh, he also killed another buck this year. So I uh, killed another one in Utah. So we talk about that. And, um, Clint's just full of passion. The guy absolutely loves hunting, loves working hard at it, uh, dedicated to his craft. And so this is just a great back and forth between a couple friends. Uh, we'll get right into it. I just want to thank a couple of our sponsors real quick. I want to thank Matthews Bows. I truly believe Matthews are building the best bows on the market. Uh, that new Matthews VXR is the favorite, my favorite bow I've ever owned. Uh, the thing is, is so forgiving, uh, holds on target really well, uh, quiet at the shot, um, solid back wall, just everything I'm looking for in a quality bow. Uh, and I've built a relationship in a short time with this bow. Uh, just had it throughout the winter. Uh, I hunted coos deer with it. And no, I, I believe bear hunting was my first hunt with it and um, arrowed a good bear with that bow. I just have so much confidence walking around with w the woods with it. So if you're in the market for a new bow, uh, make sure to, to shoot a Matthews and see how they feel. Uh, also, Matthews has given me a bow to give away on the podcast. Um, this is just awesome. So I get to give back to my audience, uh, you guys that, that listen in each and every week. So all you have to do is text FREEBOW, all capitals, all one word, FREEBOW, to 22828. Uh, that'll get you entered to win that Traverse. Um, we'll draw for it and, and give it away to one of you guys. Um, so, so text that in, get entered to, to win a free bow. Part of this promotion is put on by Eastman's Tag Hub. Uh, Eastman's Tag Hub, it, it's a, a tag research tool that we've developed that we've put out on the internet. Uh, the guys are in, evolving it and improving it all the time, but it's just full of information, all this data about harvest success, bull to cow ratios, uh, three-year averages on, on bull success or buck success, whatever you're looking at, and all different species from the trophy species to uh, mule deer to elk. Uh, it's just a, a great system that we're really proud of. Uh, if you guys are interested, make sure to check out Eastman's Tag Hub and check out everything we have going on. Uh, we've got the magazines, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal, uh, Eastman's Outdoor TV on no, the Eastman's Hunting TV on the Outdoor Channel. Uh, we have Beyond the Grid as our internet TV show. You can find that on YouTube. And also check out that new podcast of mine, Eastman's Flycast. Uh, bring the same passion to the fly fishing world. Uh, this week, uh, I've got a, a buddy on, Taylor Wells. Uh, resides in, in California. 
Uh, he's been north in Oregon. The guy's just a fly fishing nut. And some good talk about whitewater in there, streamers, dry flies, uh, just a really fun conversation. So make sure to check out Eastman's Flycast. And this is Eastman's Elevated. We've got Clint Casper on today. I'm your host, Brian Barney. Here we go. Well, it's just, you know, I've got faith in, in this country and, and faith in a lot of smart scientists out there. Like, they're working hard. They're going to figure this oh, yeah. thing out, and we're going to get back to normal life. And that's just what I what I love to do is I love this adventure hunting. And so that's why I wanted to have you back on. Like, our, like our audience already knows you. You came back on. You're one of my buddies that comes out here hunting with me. Um, we've done bears and antelope together. And um, you fell in love with hunting yep. mule deer and you've been on a, a an absolute quest to kill a mule deer, and you've had a had a rough go at it multiple years now, right? Yeah, yeah. This would have been um, this 2019 trip to Colorado was number four in a row of me setting uh, setting the sights west and leaving my driveway and my truck and uh, heading out there solo. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite the journey, man. But I, I yeah. I can't say I would I would want to change any of it to be honest with you. Yeah, so you live in the Midwest. You've had me out there whitetail hunting, and um, yep. you're, you've really built your name around whitetail hunting and killing these giant mature bucks. And you've really grinded out some seasons there. But this this whole time, you've fallen in love with Western hunting, and so you've been out here, been successful on elk and bear. But this mule deer thing, it was tough for you. Like you wanted to go do a high country. Um, early season like it's one of the purest ways to do it with a backpack and so you started taking on these challenge and it it's it's just been about paying your dues and um dude you live eat sleep and breathe bow hunting and then especially since you've been on this tear for mule deer now you've really focused all your energy in figuring out good mule deer spots and killing a mule deer with your bow and like if i remember right i i think you had a had you had a miss on one up till this up till this year, um, in Colorado, no. Okay, and, I didn't think so. You you came to full draw, or you had some close calls with bucks. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Yep, I've been super. I've been super close, and I mean, just you know how it is, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners know how it is. I mean, you just have you know one other step or one one more thing to go your way, and it's the difference between getting to you know, cut it loose and not. And I had been so close, um, but it just hadn't worked out. It, it just, it just hadn't worked out. I'd been at full draw a couple times uh, on some great bucks and it just wasn't meant to be at those times. And unfortunately I had to make the right decision and the right call and uh, stand my ground and, and, you know, do what was the right thing to do. And it was let down, but uh, yeah, man, I was prepared. I was ready. I was, I was so ready to finally uh, have that opportunity and be in that moment. It was, it was you know, I can't even explain in words really what it was like to finally know at full draw, like, yep, this is it. You've worked for this. You're going to get to cut it loose. So, uh, yeah, that was a very special, uh, special moment for me, no doubt. Yeah. So, so this year you were so prepared and dedicated to kill a mule deer. And yeah, you went to Colorado and killed a slammer mule deer, great big wide frame on it. And I definitely want to get into the story of the hunt. Um, but it, it's just throughout the years, uh, paying your dues, like how much do you learn on each trip, each backpacking trip when you come out West and go hunt mule deer? Yeah. I mean, that, that's been the biggest thing is when I kind of started this, um, 
I started hunting public land for, you know, whitetails, just different states. I live in Ohio. I was hunting Pennsylvania and Kentucky and Illinois and, um, you know, just kind of bouncing around. And I loved that traveling adventure bow hunting, you know, jump in your truck and go to a trailhead and just figure it out, you know, jump on Onyx and, and find the spot you can go. And started doing that with turkeys and deer all across the Midwest. And, and just the mule deer was just, you know, they've always just kind of captivated me. And, and I knew there was going to be a huge learning curve. And it's just such a different style of hunting um, coming from where I'm from. So in my head, my, my plan was to, if I want to get good at killing mule deer, I've got to hunt mule deer. And every year I wanted to you know, try to get a point in Colorado, you know, you can, um, get a point first choice and then try to hopefully get a tag second. And that, that was kind of my philosophy was build points, but hunt on a tag every year. And I honestly wanted to hunt a different unit. Um, I really felt like coming from Ohio out to Colorado, having to find units and find spots and learn to hunt these different spots. I felt like the end goal was going to be burning those couple points in a, in a really, really good unit. Um, but I would have a little bit of experience and I would, I guess, quote unquote, be ready for that title fight. You know, I would have come up through the ranks and kind of took my licks and took my losses and, and, and been ready for that moment when it finally presented itself. So that was kind of my game plan was just go on three or four of these, you know, mule deer hunts. And the solo thing really captivated me. I mean, I, I truly love to hunt solo, but when you come from hunting whitetails and turkeys solo to hunting five, six, seven days in the backcountry solo, I mean, that was something that I kind of dove into and thought, well, I'm either going to love this and it's going to be built for me or it's not. And, um, man, it, it really captivated me right off the start. I mean, I just truly fell in love with that. So that was good. Um, that definitely helped, you know, helped me was um, with kind of the whole – the old year quest was I fell in love immediately with the solo adventure bow hunting. I mean, that was, um, I don't know. It's just something that really, really, uh, has struck me. Um, just not that I don't love hunting with buddies. Cause I mean, you know, I've hunted with you and, and Dan a lot and different guys all over. And I mean, I, I love, I have a great time with buddies, but something about that solo trip. Um, the first one I did, it was just, uh, it was almost as big of a score for me to make it in the backcountry. I think there was seven days on that one um, as it was to actually punch that tag. Even though I didn't get to cut an arrow loose, I really, truly just wanted to make it make it out there and, and make it those six, seven days. And um, so, yeah, man, the learning curve uh, on every one of those trips, it was a constant confidence builder, constant, you know, getting better at finding deer, getting better at picking spots, getting better at making plans for plans. You know, um, it's public land. You've got pressure. You've got people. You've got spots that look great on Google Earth and Onyx, and you get there and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even navigate this. It's too steep or it's it's not what I thought it was going to be or there's not game here like I thought. And every trip was just kind of a building block, getting me kind of prepared and getting me ready for you know, I didn't know that this past year was going to be my year, but I mean, ultimately all those experiences just kept building myself up, getting myself ready for finally the, the big moment. So, uh, yeah, no, you're spot on, man. You, you definitely learn and build on every one of those hunts and every day you're back there, you're, you're figuring stuff out and you're, I think you're slowly gaining confidence in your skills and yourself and, and you're just becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I've heard you use that phrase a lot of times over the years. And 
it's a very true statement. I mean, in the backcountry, a lot of times you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable, and that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I like that. Like um, every hunt, like adding layers. So if we think yep. about it as adding layers to our hunting skill, you know, it's like every time you go, you're just learning. These mule deer are teaching you. The country's teaching you just different experiences, um, overcoming different challenges. You know you're going to come across challenges. Like it just sounds to me when you describe it, like just becoming becoming the ultimate Western hunter, or at least becoming the best Western hunter you can be, just immersing yourself in it. So like we get to see the hero shots, and, and not only were you successful on that deer, you harvested another mule deer late season. So I want to get into those. But first I want, to, I want you to talk about like some of the, the hardships you ran across on those first hunts, like the heart heartbreaking of not killing a deer, just – like driving from Ohio, dude, it has to be scary just to get in your truck and be driving away from your family because you know there's there's danger. And the only reason I know that is because I have those same feelings, you know, even doing it forever. Like I get a little bit of nervous anxiety or nervous anticipation for the hunt because I know it's going to be challenging. I know it's going to be an adventure. But, man, talk about like some of the challenges you faced um, on some of those previous hunts that, that made you the hunter that you are. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think right off the rip, the first thing that I had to kind of overcome and, and I guess kind of be truthful to myself on was just the fear factor, uh, like what you just said. I mean, I'm going to jump in my truck and drive 26, 27, 28 hours um, across the Midwest and, and into the western part of the country and get on a trailhead and park and leave my comforts of my truck and put a pack on and head up into the backcountry and into the wilderness or, or, you know, I mean that, that in itself, um, has always really intrigued me, but it's scary. I mean, it's, you know, that's right off the top. I remember walking in on the very first, my very first solo trip about mile two or three. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're going to be fine dude, you're fine. Like, you know, you're fine. You've prepared for this. You're fine. Mile five, mile six, we're getting closer to destination. And I'm like, huh? Yep. Haven't seen anybody in a while. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then about another mile or two, you go down and you're like, wow, whew, really back here. Yep. I'm doing it. Okay. This is it. You know, and it's, I think the, just the fact of just knowing that there's so many unknowns out there, is something that I had to overcome right off the rip was just, I, I had to really kind of talk myself through all that of just being like, okay, you know, you've prepared for this. You, you mentally have known this is coming. This is part of it. Um, you've got to give it a shot. You know, you, you've got to basically go out here and give it your all, give it a full go. Maybe you love it. Maybe you hate it, but that was the first real I guess testament to myself on these hunts was that first trip just walking in. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of obstacles for guys that are seasoned, you know, backcountry mule deer hunters. I mean, like yourself. I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's stuff that every year you've got to figure out and, and, and adapt. And for a guy like me that knew nothing, um, oh, man, I mean, just from top to bottom, everything. Where to camp. Um, you know, lightning. I mean, I know – you know, I know you do not like lightning and I've heard you talk about these stories and I've, I've heard, you know, the podcast and different things. And I've never really experienced like lightning or, or, or big time, um, storms you get in the high country and 
oh my gosh. I mean, the electricity that runs through Colorado and Nevada and some of these places, it's like, it's crazy. Um, so there's a lot of things that were scary, I guess, that I, I guess I kind of had to just throw myself in the ringer. Um, building off of that, just kind of learning the learning curve. I mean, I've camped, I've backpacked, but never eight, nine, 10 miles deep in the back country by myself, no cell service. Yeah. You've got a GPS. Yeah. You've got your Onyx. Yeah. You know, um, I run the Garmin inReach. So you do have the, you know, the SOS, uh, for lack of better term, oh shit button. But I mean, realistically you're, you know, yeah, you have that button, but if something really bad happens, you might not even be able to push the button. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a, there again, it's, you're, you're trying to live and survive in this element that a guy like me has never been in. So I think some of those were the very first major struggles for me. And then once I sort of got comfortable, like I said, with being uncomfortable back there, um, then it was more a matter of just trying to figure out, okay, how do I find mule deer? How do I, how do I get to where I can maybe get opportunities? And, and that was a hard struggle for me. Um, you know, I was able to pick some, some spots and get on bucks right away with the spotter. And, and I, I found some really good areas and some good basins that were tucked back away. I remember the first year or two, you know, I had no trouble finding deer per se, but then when it came to mapping out a stock and trying to figure out, okay, I'm a half mile away watching this buck. Now, what am I going to do now? You know, how am I going to figure out how to get and drop down in on this buck come midday? You know, the thermals and just how to make these stocks and kind of how to look at the land and, and map things out and, and kind of have a game plan. Um, man, oh man, I just had a struggle with that. Um, the country out there is so different than here in Ohio. So it was very hard for me to try to kind of pin down my routes on stocks. And I, I struggled with, um, I, I lost a lot of bucks because I actually, I thought they were in a spot. And then realistically, once I got on the stock, I'm like, Ooh, is it that patch? Is it not that patch? I, I think they're there. I think they're, you know, so there was a huge learning curve with just trying to get myself even in position to have even a, a, a sliver of an opportunity. Um, that first year, I mean, I got on some really good bucks, but I just really struggled with getting within that, say, 120, 130 and in mark to where you're actually starting to kind of get in that red zone. Um, man, really, I just really struggled. Um, I know the, I think it was my second year, I believe you and Dan were in Idaho and, and I did have a little bit of service and we were going back and forth. And I remember telling you about this big buck that I had found on day two and had, had, had chased him around. And on day five, he moved up into this, this big, um, big band of rocks and cliffs. And I just could not navigate that. I, I, I had never really had to hunt in those rock bands and in, in, in the cliffs. And, um, oh man, I really struggled up there. Um, super steep, super rugged, uh, just just really, really struggled with trying to navigate how to get on those deer and spent the whole hunt trying to get, get on and kill that buck. And I mean, I think I failed on between him and another buck, seven or eight stocks. I mean, I, I just, I just couldn't, I've never been in that situation. And, and I remember that trip coming home. I was so discouraged because I knew that buck was there and I knew there was ways 
to have navigated that country and been able to figure it out, but I just didn't have the skill set at that time, and I wasn't confident enough in myself in the rocks. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a lot of like the learning curve in, in the the early years. It was mainly just having the confidence and having the know-how on what to do. But those failed stocks, though, those are the building blocks that that it kept me hungry and it made me work harder and it made me really sit back and think about, okay, you know, what could I have done different? How could I have approached it different? I mean, I, you know, I've picked your brain a million times and, you know, every time we're, we're together, I'm constantly picking your brain on why are we going to approach this animal this way? Well, what, why are we going to do this this way? And it's, it's like, you just slowly start to put it together. But those first few years, I took a lot of good licks and I really messed up on a lot of good opportunities that, you know, a guy like you would have capitalized on and you would have known how to, oh man, this is how we got to do it. You know, if you would have been there, I truly think a guy like you could have set me in the right direction and been like, Clint, here's how you want to do this. Um, but it was just me by myself, you know, so I had to try to figure it out and I just didn't know. So the learning curve on just how to hunt, you know, a mature mule deer buck and how to get in tight and how to make it happen and even give yourself that opportunity. That's really, truly what I struggled with early on. Um, once I got past just the, like I said, the fear of being back there in that element by myself. Um, so those were kind of the two major things I had to really kind of figure out how to work on and how to get better and, and just how to gain more confidence in my skills. Yeah, it makes good sense. Like, um, like you say, first thing that has to be established is you have to keep yourself safe in the backcountry and learn all the necessary skills. And, and just like you mentioned, the way you described it, like sometimes you have to talk yourself into it. You just, you know, I've been working all year. I'm going to make sure that, you know, this is what I'm here for. I'm going to stay in, or, you know, even a, a bad lightning storm, like you just, I just realized, okay, this is the safest place for me to be. I see the storm coming. I'm going to come down here. I'm going to ride it out, you know, probably sitting on my feet, you know, uh, scared as hell down in there, but I'm going to ride it out. And you kind of talk yourself through it. And just like you said, like you keep gaining this confidence in yourself and you start getting comfortable with your surroundings. All of a sudden, you know, your first day in grizzly bear terrain, you're constantly looking around your shoulders. But if you're always living in grizzly terrain, it's like another day. And and especially like as the digs go on in the hunt, you get more comfortable with where you're at. And it's, it, it's not just like you have to survive back there with everything on your back, but you're also living in inhospitable places. And I... Uh, earlier, I was going to ask you why you fell in love with mule deer, but I almost already know the answer. It's it's just this extreme rugged country that you get to go, you know, backpack in and challenge yourself. And so, like that, all makes good sense that you had to build your confidence and talk yourself into that, and, and also preparing for those scenarios, like reading about lightning and and listening to podcasts and listening to other guys and go. So before you even go to Colorado, you know, okay. Guys in the high country are dealing with lightning. Like, what's my plan? What do I know about lightning? And go, okay, all right, I want to be in the lowest spot. I want to be in a small group of trees. I don't want to be by the highest trees. I definitely don't want to be caught on the ridge line. Oh, those guys are watching weather. And so you just kind of put all that in your processor and so you know it so you can keep yourself safe. And then I love what you're talking about, like like paying your dues hunting mule deer and paying your dues western hunting and spotting and stalking these things. Like – like like solving the puzzle of mule deer. Okay, I'm safe now. I got to find a muley buck. Like well, like where the heck is a big one of these things living? Like trying to figure out. Okay, the rocks are up there, and here's green grass, and then 
finally picking out those muleys and you know staying in there enough days to give yourself an opportunity and then building the necessary skills to be able to travel country locate deer and, and then like you say it took a couple years to figure out the stocking on them to build your game plan and it takes screwing up and we all screw up and that's like part of the learning process is to get over there and not know where you're at not you know can't figure out where your landmarks are or it's thicker than you thought or it's steeper and you can't see off of it like making those mistakes or being you know what whatever the case is and you just learn from it and get better and build confidence and then you know you you, you get something done on western hunting and that that just feeds into that confidence and now you know it can be done you know and and then from there just like you did this season like killed one buck and went right into the late season and killed another buck so Man, I mean, you did it. It's so fun to hear you just hear you talk about it and the stock because I think, like, the funnest part of mule deer is where they live, but it's also the species. Like, those things are super switched on. They're tough to get in bow range. You talked about that buck your second year that you had seven or eight stocks on, you know? Like, like I had a bunch of failed stocks this season. I can definitely relate. But those mule deer, they're, they're definitely tough to kill up there. And... I I like the way you talked about it, how you just start to think in a Western mindset. You start to look at situations different, and all of a sudden, you know, you look at a situation and go, okay, which way are the thermals coming? Which way can I approach from? Which way? You start dissecting it, and all of a sudden, you find a way that you can kill that buck or get into bow range, where before, without that knowledge or without that experience, you just can't see it that clearly. You're almost guessing at it. But the key is just get out and start doing it just like you've done. Pay your dues. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that was kind of my whole game plan. Um, like you said, was pay my dues. I did not expect immediate success. I, I honestly felt like I was probably going to get knocked down, kicked in the teeth and punched in the gut a lot. But I really felt like I was going to fall in love with with Western, you know, uh, bow hunting and especially um, mule deer, uh, just where they live. Um you know, just the, the, just the adventure and the, the sights and sounds and the places. Um, I mean, I always tell everybody back home, I wish I could like ball my friends and my family up, put them in my pack and take them with me because I mean, pictures only do so much, but like the stuff that you get to see and just the adventure at every turn and the unknown, the fear, um, I think that's really truly what led me into the high country mule deer game was it's just, there's so, many intricate pieces that have to come together and the stars align for you to, to get one of those, you know, those big old mature bucks killed. And, you know, I really truly feel like, um, I've always loved bow hunting. I've been bow only now for going on. I, I think this will be my ninth year. I've just fallen in love with it. And, and it's really something that I'm, you know, super passionate about. And I love to write about, love to talk about. And, but I've never held myself as accountable as I have once I started mule deer hunting. I mean, it's just, um, everything I do, um, I'm my hardest critic, you know, um, when I think I'm, I'm getting good at, you know, long, long range shooting. Um, I take a step back. I'm like, Nope, we got room for improvement. We can get better. We can do better. Um, going to the gym at four 30 in the morning. Um, yeah, I'm going to run two miles. I get there. Nope. I'm going to run three. Cause I know that that's what I need to do. And it's just, it's, it's made me, hold myself accountable as not only like a bow hunter, but a person. I mean, I'm just, I'm mentally tougher. I have more patience. I think I'm a better dad. I feel like I'm a, I'm a better person because of the experiences that, 
you know, that, that Western bow hunting and, and, and hunting these daggone mule deer have given me. I mean, it's just, it's really unlocked a lot of like, I guess, little, little secret folds and keys to myself that I didn't even know I possessed, um, until I started it. And, and I really embrace that. And I just, I love that, that feeling that it, that it gives me whenever I'm, I'm thinking about these hunts and planning these hunts and, and then you're on the hunt and it's just, you know, you're, you're so caught in the moment. Um, but then you take a step back and you just look at the journey to get here and, and all the hunts I've been on, you know, that the man, I mean, the antelope hunts with you and, and bear hunts and, and other elk hunts and, and other mule deer hunts. And, and just, it's, it's just cool to see how it's all pieced together. And it's just kind of molded me kind of into the, the, you know, the guy and the person and the bow hunter that I am now. But, uh, yeah, it's just been a super fun journey and it's just been awesome to continue to build. And, and by no means am I, am I even close to having the, the secrets unlocked or, or feeling like I'm a really good mule deer hunter by any, any means. I just feel like, you know, I, I've worked really hard the last few years and man, I was granted a couple opportunities this year and I finally got those chances and I just had it in my head. You know, if I get to bend the limbs back, um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make it happen and and I'm going to put the pin where it needs to be. And I'm going to, I'm going to get, uh, you know, get one of these bucks killed. And, and it was just awesome to finally, be able to kind of experience that and and get that little bit of success after all these years of kind of the failures and the heartaches. But, you know, you you get it. And, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners get it, too. I mean, that's what makes it so special, especially in the rugged, tough places that these bucks live and just living back there with them and trying to figure them out. I mean, it's it really, truly is something that I think a lot of people um, may never experience and and you know, it'd be hard for them to understand it, but if they ever went and did it, you know, it would be such a captivating moment because it is, it's just such a different experience from anything I've ever bow hunted. I mean, it really, it really truly is mule deer definitely have a special place in my heart now forever. And truly, honestly, I mean, I'm a Midwest whitetail guy, but if you were to say, Hey, you can only hunt with your bow one species, hands down, it's high country mule deer, man, from here on out. I mean, that's, that's, I could, I can truthfully say that, um, hands down. Yeah, I'm with you, man. They're the best. Um, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, how cool. Um, well, it is. It's been paying your dues. You know, you didn't pay an outfitter or a guide. You're driving from Ohio, and you just immerse yourself in Western hunting lifestyle. And like, like you say, it makes you a better person. It does because those mule deer hunting them in those extreme places. It takes like full commitment if you don't work out or you're not in good shape you just don't enjoy it up there and you know i talk about the fear and being scared but that's not like there's a lot of enjoyment up there the 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 backpacking the glassing the traversing and it you know it it's just mountaineering is one thing when you got to climb to the top of the mountain and make it back down but to be able to mountaineer and go over all these peaks and have this thing that really drives you like like western hunting or like hunting mule deer whatever the case is it drives you and so therefore you end up preparing all year because you know how difficult it's going to be and you know like you're taking on one of the toughest challenges out there and to do that you have to shoot your boat every single day to make sure you're ready for your chance when you do get to bend the limbs back you know you have to you know maybe not every day i mean there's different ways to train and practice i'm just saying and yeah you have to get in your runs and you know that they, they don't they don't build many mountains in ohio and you got to get your legs ready for climbing <laughs> it's like it's not just the miles man it's the elevation you know and it it's going to be tough and it's going to be grueling and it's going to be fun but it's not going to be fun all the time a lot of it's just going to be a lot of hard work 
and sweat, pushing your body to the to the brink of the breaking point. But it's like you said, like I'm never happier than I'm when I'm in that challenge or have something like that to work towards or have something like that that drives me to go climb the next 13 thou, the next 14 thou, go look for him in that back basin. And yeah, we're just lucky we found something like that that we truly love to do that we can spend all our time and effort. And um, yeah, that's that's what the hard work is for. And for you to put in that that work and and have it stretch over multiple seasons like i got to cut my teeth hunting western big game and hunt locally for a couple years and hunt with a you know a bow and a rifle and then finally dedicate to a bow but you know i got to have all these years of experience to build this in and and like you say you just cut yourself loose to hunt high country mule deer and and without without a guide or outfitter you had to learn everything for yourself and learn everything the hard way and then go back to the drawing board after being unsuccessful and go, okay, what can I work on? What can I be better at? What can I do different next year? Okay, more time. Like time is so is, – is a huge part of being successful is just like planning enough days to give yourself enough time on that dream hunt. And, and then all the little things, becoming a better shooter and – like you said, being at the gym at four in the morning, like, man, it, it takes dedication if you want to hunt these mountains. So, man, just kudos to you. You earned every bit of it. You you didn't have a lucky break. Uh, you, you made your own luck by, by paying your dues with muleys, learning how to western hunt, and then getting it done on that great muley in, in Colorado. So, like, tell me about it. I um, y- You went to... I mean, Colorado has some of the prettiest places on planet Earth. So I'm I'm sure this hunt took place like over 12,000 or over 13,000, some high country spot. And you also mentioned in the beginning of the conversation that you had hunted second choice units a lot. So in Colorado, you can apply for your first choice and then apply for your second choice. If you draw your second choice, you continue to build points. So that's what you were saying. You burned your points this year on, on a good unit and uh, went in there where other years you'd been hunting Colorado every year, but on, on second choice hunts. So this year you spent your points, you got in a good unit. Like, tell me about it. You were all prepared, uh, dove into the high country. Um, set, when did it open? August 31st, something like that, right? Yeah. Yep. Opened, uh, August 31st. And, um, my, well, I got, I've got two little guys, but my, my oldest little guy, Easton, his first day, of preschool this year was actually the second and um there was just absolutely no way i was going to miss that it was supposed to be the week before but they had a water line break in their school so i just pushed everything back i'm like you know what i'm not going to get there to the middle of the week i'm going to miss the opening weekend um but i had faith in my game plans and i i kind of i you know i i had been scouting e-scouting and and just racking my brain over you know, plans A, B, C, D, E, F, and, and just where I was going to go, what I was going to do. And I just said, you know, there's no way I'm going to miss walking him into his first day. So, um, you know, the, the, the game plan changed right off the rip. Um, I wasn't going to actually get there. His first day was, I think, on a, a Monday. Wasn't actually going to – I was, I was going to walk him in and, and leave from, you know, from basically his school. Walk him in on his first day. Got pictures taken. Um, you know, super special day for me with 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 Easton. And then it was man shipping the shipping the truck west and and setting sails west and headed straight to Colorado. Was going to get there Wednesday and pack in. And um, yeah, you know, I I just I had a had a kind of a plan of attack. Um, it was going to be about a you know seven and a half eight mile pack in. 
Um, I knew the unit was, was really good. Um, yeah, a lot of high, you know, just super high. Um, I think, uh, you know, camp was right around like 13, you know, 12, nine, 13, somewhere in there. And then, then I was going to, you know, I had a, a big saddle that I was able to go up and over and, and kind of drop back into some, some really good basins and stuff. And I just kind of had my heart set on getting back in there and trying to get away from people and just kind of w- seeing what was going to happen. And it's kind of funny. You talked about time. Um, everybody at my work, they've kind of followed along with me on this journey and, you know, they, they kind of know how obsessed I've been with mule deer and stuff. And it's funny, uh, before I left, I turned in my paperwork, you know, and I took off for three weeks. My boss was like three weeks. I'm like, if I need more, I'll call you. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm not leaving Colorado without a buck this year. I'm just, I, my mind is made up. My heart is set. It, it's, I had all my things at home taken care of. I, I had things with the kids taken care of. Um, I just truly felt like I was not coming home this year without, with, without a good buck. I was going to get to punch that tag. And, um, I can remember walking in, you know, I, I just had a, I had a more confidence obviously than I had the previous years because it was another year. Um, but I just, I really felt like I was ready. I mean, I, I've always felt like these hunts were kind of like, like my title fights, you know, you, you train all year for them and you mentally prepare for them. And, when I was walking in, I had to ride a, a big storm out right away, like two, three miles into this. I had to just ride this big old thunderstorm and there's hail and there's wind. And I remember hunkering down between the, you know, underneath these little pines. And I mean, you couldn't have wiped the smile off my face. Cause I mean, I, I was just, I was so ready for that. Like, like I, I had missed that, you know, the, the unknown in and the, Oh dude, I, I was just, I was so consumed and ready for everything that that state had to throw at me, I was prepared for. I mean, I, I like come hell or high water, I was just ready. I was so engulfed in the whole experience. It was just like, it doesn't matter what's going to be thrown at me. I'm ready. I'm prepared. This is my year. And, um, it, it was, it was really cool to finally have that, uh, like inner confidence to where it wasn't just like I was, Oh yeah, you can do it. It's like, I felt it. I just knew that, I was going to be able to make it happen this year. So, so that was, uh, that was a really cool feeling because the previous years, you know, there was so many unknowns and not that there wasn't unknowns on this trip, but it's just, you know, this was obviously a fourth year, the fourth unit I had been in, um, never stepped foot in it, you know, was e-scouting, um, was able to talk to some, some people that had hunted it. So, I mean, I was trying to gain as much knowledge as I could, but it's the first one out of those four where I just really, truly felt like, man, oh man, you're meant to be here. This is it. Like you've, you've worked so hard. Like this is, it's going to happen and rode that storm out and, and got to where I wanted to camp later that afternoon, got everything set up. Um, and then went, went to glass on that evening. I had about an hour and, um, got up over this, this, this saddle and was able to, um, got on some bucks right away. Um, actually found a, a, a really good buck. Uh, just a, he was a big three by four, but oh man, just great big frame. And I was like, oh man, you know that he would be a awesome buck to go hunt tomorrow. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll come right back here in the morning, get up early. Um, got up there at first light and found him and then ended up finding the buck that I ended up killing. Um, they, they both were kind of running together with, a three other smaller bucks. And, um, you know, just, just right away, it was kind of like, uh, you know, 
things were coming together, but I know how these hunts go. I I've been there before. So it's like, it, I was confident in, in what had already taken place and, and picking a spot and kind of having the ability to, to kind of navigate myself into these basins that I thought would be really good and hold bucks. And they did, but I knew that that wasn't going to be the end. You know, I, I knew there was still going to be work to be done. So I watched them, uh, that whole day they bedded, um, just in past years, I would have totally went and made a stock on these bucks, but they were in a spot that just wasn't really conducive to, to me getting to them. Um, kind of on a safe route without being um, winded. And then there was a couple spots where I, I could have potentially have been, they could have, you know, uh, caught me moving actually up above them. So patience was definitely something that I've learned over the years to not force stocks. So that whole first day, I pretty much just kind of waited and watched. And I left that night really thinking, okay, you know, th these bucks are really comfortable in this basin. I should be able to find them again. Um, this should be, you know, a, uh, a group that I'm able to f eventually make a play on uh, day two rolls around and man, just, just couldn't find them. Um, spent all day, ran Ridge lines, um, you know, moved probably three or four times, put a bunch of miles on, just could not, I, I found deer, but just could not find that group. And I, I just, I really had my heart set on, um, you know, one of those two bucks Um and it just, it didn't pan out on, on the second day, rode out a really, really big storm that night. Didn't get a lot of sleep, um, ton of lightning. I was in a safe spot, but it's just, it, you know, even as a fourth year being there, it, it's still hard for a guy like me in Ohio. And I'm sure it's even hard for a guy like you that, that is out there a hundred days a year doing this, man, the first big lightning storm you ride out at night, it, it just, uh, I just remember not getting you know, any sleep that second night and, uh, going into the third day, um, had a different vantage, um, found a really good master vantage, um, about two or three miles away from where I had been really focused on a lot of my time. And I thought maybe those bucks had moved off over there, found a bunch of deer that morning and, uh, just did not turn up either one of those bucks. So I thought, okay, Midday, I'm going to go back to a couple spots that are in those original basins, um, some shadowed cliffs and some stuff, some, um, some rock bands that ran around um, a couple of these really steep basins. And I really thought, you know, maybe they're in the shadows and the shade. Maybe they're hanging tight to these rocks. Um, I was sort of hoping maybe that they wouldn't be because I knew it was going to be really tough. Nar I mean, just living up in the gnar above Timberline, you know, probably 13.3, 13.4. You know, realistically, maybe not the greatest scenario for for stocks and stuff, um, just because of how rugged and steep some of that stuff was. But from years past, I mean, I've been in that stuff, and I knew if it came down to it, you know what? I'll figure it out. I'll navigate it. I'll make a plan, and and I'll make it happen. And um, man, sure as heck, uh, that afternoon, one o'clock, caught a glimpse of a buck and started really picking that area. I found a small buck. Um, he looked like one of the, one of the younger bucks that these two had been running with. And lo and behold, I found him six bucks all bedded up, up against these tight rocks and just the nastiest, steepest, I mean, most beautiful stuff there was back there, but just the absolute gnar. I mean, just, just the most rugged, 
nasty stuff that you could find to go try to put a stock in. And that's where they were. And, uh, I just thought, man, you know, it's midday. Uh, you know, you better pick this spot apart. And initially I thought, you know, they're just not in a spot, but you better pick it apart and you better pull the spotter out and, and you better look and, and really make sure that there's not a way to navigate it. And, um, man, I found this, this little, uh, so coming off the top of this ridge line, there was like this rock chute that went down um, probably about 100 yards. And at the end of that rock chute where it ended, there was a bunch of open space down into the, the basin. And then down below that, what I was hoping was going to be in that 70, 80 yards or closer mark, there was a big, huge clump of rocks that they were, were bedded all against. And they kept moving with the shadows. So I knew... You know, as the day went on, they were going to keep moving, you know, with those shadows. And I thought, man, you know, if I could get over there and check it out and potentially Spider-Man my way down through there, realistically, I mean, I was going to be hidden as long as the thermals were good, which, they, you know, obviously the thermals rising in the afternoon. I mean, that's what you want. I could drop down in on these bucks. I thought, man, this if it's not too terribly steep and it's something that I can actually do that's that's safe and i can be quiet and take my time these bucks aren't going anywhere i mean they're they're laying there on their on their sides i mean legs stretched out chewing their could like a bunch of old beef cows i mean they were they were content you know and i thought okay well you you got to pack up and hoof it i mean you got to get over there like right now is the time and it was going to be about a two mile jaunt out around there pack my stuff up and, and I remember, you know, strapping my bino harness tighter and strapping my, my pack on tight and just thinking, dude, this is it. Like you've trained, this is it four years, all year. Like, I don't know. It, there was just something about it. I just felt like you got to get over there and look at this. I, I, this might be it. So I remember taking off and, and just, you know, trying to go at a, not as fast as I could. Cause I didn't want to come completely, you know, obviously wear yourself out before you ever get there, but was, was definitely going at a good pace. I wanted to get there with plenty of time to where those thermals were still in my favor. And I got over there. Uh, it was about like two o'clock, two fifteen. got over there and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Clint, this is it. Like you can do this. This is, this is, this is doable. We can, we can get down this rock chute and you can put both hands and both feet on the sides, it, it was real skinny. It was about, it was probably like a maybe five feet wide. And as long as I didn't touch the center and kick any rocks down, I could kind of Spider-Man my way down that 100, 150 yards and get to the end. And once I got to the end, I could pop up and then start ranging. And I'm in my head, I'm thinking, man, that's got to be within, you know, 80, 90 yards, maybe closer. I'm thinking if I can get to that point and these bucks still don't know I'm there, I mean, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, that I'm, you know, I'm going to be in the wheelhouse. That's, that's a shot that I can make. That's an opportunity. That's, you know, it's, this is it. And, uh, it was just one of those moments. And I'm, I mean, I know you can relate cause you've been in these moments, uh, you know, a thousand times, but it was one of those moments where I remember taking my pack off and, 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 you know, getting a, getting a drink of water and just kind of getting myself prepared that I just stopped and kind of took it all in. And I'm really happy that I did that because, I kind of like slowed the whole process down and I'm looking around. I'm solo. I'm in Colorado. I'm in the high country. I'm at like 13,000 and some feet. And I'm literally getting ready to go make this play on this 
giant buck, full velvet. I mean, I've, I've just, I've been living and breathing and training and working for this moment for four years. And I just, I'm like, Clint, it's going to happen. It was, it was just such a cool moment. And I, I know you've been in those moments and it's hard to like even describe, but you know, I've got like goosebumps just talking about it right now. Cause it just felt like that was my time to shine. Now I'm going to get my chance. This is it. You know, like here's, here's my moment. Yeah, man. Um, that's what it's all about too, right? Like, uh, when you finally get that chance or that stock, like that's what all the hard work's for. You d- like, you can't even equal, you can't even equate like how much work you put into that. Not only, you know, the work prior to season, but, but during season, hiking back there, finding that buck and then to put yourself in place. I always say it's the price of admission. I never feel like it's slam dunk like I have it done, but you know, sometimes you have more confidence than other times, but it, it's always like here's a chance. Like here's a here's a chance to go trying to creep in and get into range and then, you know, hopefully get a shot, you know, and hopefully, you know, execute correctly and make a good shot if you do get that chance. But um yeah, man, that's what it's all about. Yeah, you know, it's like I I had just I had worked that so hard to to get on a stock where I really felt confident, and that was the first stock in those four years that I I really truly felt like my approach, um, the thermals, just everything about it. I felt like I had a rock solid game plan. Not that it's foolproof, but just oh. I just you know I just really felt like man, this is an opportunity. Like th- this is a uh. good one. Yeah, is, you you caught them in a good spot, and you had confidence yeah. in the spot, and then you'd made enough stocks where it's like, dude, I think I think this could come together. There's no way he's gonna pick me up. You know, all I've got to do is come down and poke over the top. I know what you're saying. Like, um, yeah, you, you you caught them. You waited. You were patient. Waited for the right stock, and now you had it, and you were right up above there, getting to make your play. High percentage. Yeah. And that, and, and that was the whole, you know, the whole, the, the whole time I'm, I'm starting down this rock shoot. And I mean, it's move right hand, move left hand, move left foot, move right foot. I mean, I'm, I'm Spider-Man and down and I would stop and take breaks. And I'm like, you know, Clint, you know, I, I mean, it, it's funny. Like I, I thought of you and Dan so many times on this stock because, you know, you, you know, you, you've coined the phrase patience kills the buck and, and, and let, you know, do your part, get to your spot, and then let it unfold. Let them make that that final mistake. And I, I just remember thinking to myself, you know, Clint, you you've got these bucks in a spot. You're dropping down on them. You got the thermals. Everything's in your face. Um, it's mid afternoon. I mean, this is you know, this is a, a an opportunity that you you don't want to rush and you don't want to make a critical move in a moment when you don't need to, that costs you. And it was really cool because, you know, that, that moment of starting the stock and then, and then working down through that rock, that, that rock crevice and, and actually, you know, gaining a few yards every time I'm moving and I'd stop and take little breaks and I'd glass and, and look at them and, and I'd pop over and I'm checking constantly, you know, checking the wind and everything. And, and it was, I made myself, really take my time and and I really wanted to enjoy that moment like win lose or draw I had worked so hard to just get in that moment of potentially having a really good high percentage play where I was confident like I wanted to soak every ounce 
with every fiber of me in that moment. Um, you know, I, I just, you work so hard for those moments. It's like, you just, you want to live them. And, and it's not like you get those moments all the time. And it's like, you know, I can remember taking a little break and, and just kind of let my arms and legs rest and, 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 and just kind of like, I, I rested my bow up on my, uh, my shoulders and my neck just to kind of give my, my hands and everything a break. And I remember just thinking like, my gosh, you know, th this doesn't get any better. I'm in the high country. I'm at 13,000 some feet. I got this giant, you know, two really good bucks below me. The one is just this absolute giant 32 inch wide, you know, I mean, just like the, the holy grail of, of what I'm looking for below me. And I'm here by myself. And I mean, I think there's a lot of times where I would have thought, man, I wish someone was here. But honestly, Brian, I was happy it was just me. It was just me in that moment, and it was me and these bucks, my bow and my pack. That was it, you know? And it was like uh, I've never just been in tuned with, with, I guess, like, you know, uh, a stalk or a hunt or an animal like I was on, on the, in that moment. And uh, it was just one of those moments where it's like, you know, you, you really appreciate kind of the journey and appreciate where everything had come from. And I'm, I'm happy that I didn't rush any of that. And I, I really, truly enjoyed absolutely every inch of that stock. Um, it was methodical. It was planned out. I, I was, you know, I was really, really cautious and careful, but I was enjoying and not rushing any of it. And, and I honestly think that that led to myself being very calm when the moment of truth arised. Um, you know, I, I, I got down to that almost to the end of this rock shoot. And, um, I knew another 10 yards, I was going to be out of real estate. So whatever that range finder read, once I got to the end, that was it. You know, that, that was, that was as far as we could go. Um, and it was going to be all up to me at that point. So I obviously throughout the whole stock, I'm, I'm clicking their antlers and I'm, I'm, you know, I know once I get to the end, it's, it's a shot I can make shot. I've practiced thousands and thousands of times. Um, very little wind They're They're bedded, you know, the, everything is, is in good shape. I mean, I'm going to get down here and I'm going to wait for him to stand and stretch a couple different times. They stood up, they stretched, milled around, laid back down. I knew it was just a matter of time before that would happen. And I got to the end of that rock shoot and I remember getting myself in position and, and I'm clicking ranges and I'm thinking, okay, you know, this is, this is it. Like, and for me, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, I, I, I kind of talk myself through moments, you know, I, I feel like I'm better. I'm, I'm at my best, I guess, when I know there's a lot at stake. And I mean, this was one of those moments where there was a, so much at stake and I knew that, but it was kind of a calming effect. You know, I had taken my time. I had embraced the moment I, I had done, made all the right moves. I'm finally here. Now it's a matter of bending the limbs back burying this pin and, you know, pushing and pulling the bow apart till the shot breaks. And I remember watching, watching this buck, the wide buck stand up and stretch and, and I'm already arrows knocked, you know, my, my release is clipped on, you know, I'm, I'm ready to rock. And I remember coming back to full draw, getting settled in. And I wrote on the riser of my bow, um, the word execute. And I, I'm at the point now in, in my, my, my shooting and my bow hunting career where I feel like if I just execute and do my job, I'm confident that whatever I'm aiming at, 
um, animal wise, it's, it's going to die. You know, that that's, I, I just, I've got that shooter mentality. It's taken me years to get it, but I just have that confidence that if I bury the pin, push and pull the bow apart till it breaks and, you know, something good's going to happen there. And I remember looking at that word right as I was getting settled in. And I'm just, I remember thinking, Clint, you know, you've worked so hard to get here, do your job, execute. And this buck is going to die. And I remember pushing and pulling. And when the shot broke before the arrow ever left the bow, I honestly, in my head, it just felt absolutely perfect. Um, probably the best shot I've ever made on an animal to this day. Well, actually, I, I know it is super steep downhill. Um, watch that arrow bury into him. And he took two steps. I grab another arrow. He's standing there. I can see, you know, he's just pumping out blood. I mean, I, I know it's a perfect shot, but I'm, I'm getting knocked up again. Takes another step and just tumbles. Like, I mean, just barrel flips maybe a hundred, 150 yards down into this basin. And I mean, I've never experienced emotion in bow hunting. Like I did at that moment. I mean, it was honestly like, it was the greatest feeling I've ever felt. Um, probably in my life outside of watching both my boys be born and, and that whole experience. I mean, th this was like the pinnacle. I mean, it was, it was something that I had just thought about and dreamed about and worked for. And when that finally, when that shot broke and I just knew in my head that buck's dead. And then I watched that arrow bury behind the shoulder, saw him take two steps and just roll and tumble down to the basin. And that was the end. It was, it, it was just a moment in time that, you know, honestly, it'll probably be a moment that'll never be surpassed as far as me making shots. Um, it's just a super special moment, man. And, and it was like, it was me at 13,000 and some feet and a mule deer buck. I mean, I just don't know how it honestly probably gets any better besides of me watching my kids, you know, have a moment like that. But just me, myself, man, I, I don't think it gets any better, Brian. I really don't. I mean, it was a, it was a moment that'll be unrivaled probably in my, in my bow hunting career, honestly. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, those moments are tough to come by. We work really hard to get those moments. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just good. Like you, you enjoy it up there. You're enjoying the whole experience. You're taking in the stock, like to let that excitement pulse through you, you know, when you're making a play down, trying not to roll any pebbles and then, you know, to, to execute and do your job. I mean, it's one thing to set your mind to it and that's what you're going to do all year. It's another thing to be in the moment on a 30 plus inch buck and execute your shot. It's not easy to do, man. It's easy to mess up. A lot of guys mess it up multiple times before they make that shot. You know, you'd worked really hard on your execution and, and, uh, made a good shot on that buck, but, but it's time behind the bow. You know, you've killed a lot of white tails, a lot of does, a lot of elk, let you you know antelope. You've killed a lot of western game bears, and so yeah, it's like like you say now you have control in that scenario. Like you you've been there enough times that you know how to execute a good shot and put one in there. You know, there there's nothing better than wanting to do your best and then actually doing it and killing a great buck in the high country, like in the in the purest form. Backpack hunting is about as good as it gets. But then to execute a perfect shot on top of it, like it adds to it. It's like, man, like you say, that'll be a tough one to top. But all, you know, 
I don't live in the past too much. I live, you know, I live in the next hunt and in the next future. Yep. And although it's a great yep. moment, I'll be chasing it again. And I'm sure you will be too, you know, chasing that next encounter. And I'm sure you're applying like crazy right now and looking forward to mule deer hunts. But yeah, man, just, um, fun to hear your journey. Like over the past few years, you've definitely paid your dues and earned it. And then, um, good in the crunch, like made your shot when it counted, earned your opportunity on that buck. So dude, I just couldn't be happier for you. Always fun to chat with you, and, and um, man, like I say, many more to come for you. You're putting in the work. Yeah, you know, it was it was funny because I was on such a Colorado high, and then I left there, and the first week of October, I, I was going to go hunt the famed Wasatch Front um, and, and try to get on a, you know, I had seven or eight days there solo to go hunt, and uh it's funny. I come off that high and I'm, I'm so pumped and, and proud and just, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, you, you're, you're so excited about finally feeling that success. And then I went to Utah and just absolutely got kicked in the teeth every day for seven or eight days. I mean, just put like 120 miles on and moved moved camp like seven times and just couldn't find a mature buck and just had a struggle getting on deer. And it was like, a, I went from like one extreme to the other, but it's funny. Cause like, I loved every minute of it. I mean, I, I come off a, a super high, you know, up to that point, like my greatest bow hunt, you know, of my career and then knocked right back down seven pegs and just got my teeth kicked in and every plan I had failed and everything I thought I had figured out, I didn't. And man, it's just, it's so funny how they, they will humble you so quick, but that's what I love about it is it's, it's a different, it's so, you know, you're constantly chasing that next great buck, that next great hunt. And I was lucky and I was able to come back out then in the rut and, and got a really good buck killed on the very first day, man, just found a really good old, old mature buck in a great spot and was able to make you know, a really good stock and, and, and make a good, uh, I think a 67 yard shot and, and, um, watched him fall, but gosh, it is, it's, it's so, it's just, it's so crazy how every hunt's different and every hunt is a, a different struggle and, and it's a different, it's a different, you know, phase, um, that tests you and, and test your, you know, just your mental will and, and the, your, your toughness, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something that I don't think a guys like us and a lot of the listeners would, I'm sure agree it'll just never get old. You know, it's just something that you're going to constantly strive to continue to find that next great spot, the next great buck that get on that next great stock where you're just living in the moment. And, uh, yeah, man, for me, it's just, that's the ultimate. Um, I just don't think it gets any better. I really don't. Um, Western bow hunting, especially the adventure bow hunts for, for high country mule deer. I mean, it, it just, in my opinion, man, I just don't know if it really truly gets any better than that. And I absolutely just love thinking about it and training for it and preparing for it and talking about it and writing about it. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty much, uh, etched into, to, you know, to me and my DNA now there's, there's really no, uh, there's no going back, Brian, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, gets in your veins. Yeah. You get hooked on it. There's, uh, there's, there's not much else quite like it. And if it was easy, I would have quit years ago. <laughs> you know, it's like the, it is, yep. it's so challenging. And, um, you know, just the minute you think you have it figured out, it'll humble you, you know, or, uh, the moment I think I have it figured out, I'll, I'll screw up or I'll miss a shot or something. So yeah, it's, um, 
it it's this journey that just continues and always thinking about the next one it's just uh it's it's uh what guys like me and you have have fallen in love with and look forward to all year so yeah man to many more for sure yeah hopefully you draw some tags and get in some good hunts but man always fun to talk to you clint i sure appreciate it man yeah absolutely my man hopefully we can get hooked up like we always do in uh spring bear man that's another hunt that i've uh I got to get the monkey off, monkey off my back on that one, man. We've had some close calls and so many fun stocks and fun encounters, but, uh, yeah, I got to get, uh, I got to get one of them suckers stuck, man. That's a, that's always a favorite of mine. I look forward to that every year. Always fun. Great time of the year to be out. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get that, get that mapped out and, and get, uh, get all the logistics worked out and get, get hooked up for a few days and get to go, uh, get to go chase some spring boars around, man. That'll be a blast. Always looking forward to that. Yeah, springtime bears is a fun season for sure. Um, fun to have the time, fun to be able to focus on them, and yeah, it's just nothing like seeing a bear through a spotting scope. So yeah, um, there's there's so many fun things to to do out there, and they're all different experiences, and they're 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 all cool. <laughs> like they're all so fun to do, you know. So yeah, it's just our job to to get our work done, pay our bills, and and do a, as much adventuring as we can. Absolutely, my man. There's nothing better. Got to live. Uh, Got to live each day to the fullest. And it's fun to have. Uh, you know, it's fun to have these hunts and these things to to kind of take your mind off of stuff. Especially like right now with the, with the coronavirus and everything going on. Man, I really fall back on, you know, kind of planning and prepping for these hunts. And it just 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 takes my mind off of things. And 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 you know, it just kind of brings a smile back to my face. And in, in a day of time where right now there's a lot of unknown and and guys are worried and, and things, but man, it's all going to work out good and it won't be long. And we're going to be, we're hunting, we're going to be hunting good tags and drawing good tags and it's, it's all going to work out. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm pumped to see what the year brings for everybody. And, uh, definitely looking forward to your adventures and following along and hopefully, uh, getting caught up with you on a couple of them. Yep. Thanks buddy. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brian. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Fun conversation with Clint. Guy just gets after it. Four years um, paying his dues and improving his skill set and uh, dedicating himself to the craft. And then to finally come out on top and arrow a good buck. So happy for that guy. Uh, so awesome to hear the story. Thanks again to Matthews for sponsoring the podcast. Again, you can win that new Traverse. Just text FREEBOW, all one word, to 22828. Then enter your email address and you're in. Uh, that new Matthews VXR of mine is just a shooter. Uh, what a great stable platform. That thing just holds and aims and super forgiving. Um, so yeah, just an awesome bow, an awesome company. Thanks to Matthews. And with that, um, yeah, just busy here. Just trying to get everything in order for hunting season. Uh, it it comes quick, and and not only is the training and the scouting and the shooting, but it but it's also getting done with all my responsibilities and getting ahead on this podcast and just making sure I'm spending good quality time with the family. So once it gets to September here and ready to cut loose, I, I've got everything in order. So super stoked at season here. Got some good hunts and some good tags. I know you guys got some good hunts coming up. Keep working hard towards your goals. Hunting season is going to be here before we know it. And uh, thanks guys. I really appreciate the support. Uh, the reshares, um, that's huge for the podcast to, to help growing this audience. So I really appreciate it. Uh, have a good week. Check in with you guys next week.